Abraham Lincoln. But this is cause. Well, I think it was. I think it was Oscar the Grouch. Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at PromoCorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. And welcome to episode number 204 of Unscripted. I am your co-host, Bill Petrie. With me as always, the major domo of motivational magnetic calendars, the one and only and hustling buddy, Kirby Hossman. Kirby, how the hell are you today? You know what? I'm doing really well. Uh, the, uh, I feel like I'm starting to find my rhythm again. I, um, and you and I have talked about this separately, but it, it's been very uh, hectic around here. And part of that's because the whole team hasn't been back in this so right. you know you're wearing a lot of hats i know you know how that is and so but you know one of the things i always say is if i'm bored i'm poor yep. and so i haven't been bored and so that's good that so is I'm excited. A good i'm excited it's one of those times where i'm excited to be busy so how are you man i'm doing all right hanging in there you know just busy like you and uh one day blends into the next week into the next month is what it feels <laughs> like and so it's one big giant groundhog day but uh i think we're all surviving and Things are starting to open up a little bit uh, around the country, so hopefully we'll get back to a normal sooner rather than later. But you know what really makes me happy these days, Kirby? What's that, Bill? <coughs> Excuse me. I picked up like this little summer cold, so I'm going to be, it's not the COVID, folks. A little summer cold. Um, what makes me happy are our good pals over at Next Level Apparel, Kirby. Nice, yeah. That's right. You know, it wasn't about reinventing the wheel, revolutionizing it. That's what it's about, Kirby. Not reinventing, revolutionizing. And they've proclaimed this year, or they spent this year transforming the industry's tubular tea by combining art and science to create the 1800 unisex ideal heavyweight tea. And I know why you like it, Kirby. It's got that elevated fit, that fabulous soft fabric you love, and it's everyday function inspired by streetwear, skatewear, surfwear, and workwear. And I know how much you love how they have elevated the game for t-shirts in our industry. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we talk about it all the time. It's about comfort now. I've become a t-shirt snob. And the other thing I would say is that it's changed really how people dress to a degree, even at oh, yeah. work. I mean, obviously oh, yeah. we've had the stay at home piece, right? But, right. you know, you see more t-shirts and dressing up a t-shirt um, in corporate casual workwear. And uh, if you're going to do that, it might as well be a cool, comfortable tee. So yeah, I, I love it. Totally agree. Every cut, every thread, every person has really come together in the, uh, in the company to make this durable heavyweight cotton tee the new benchmark in streetwear fit and workwear function. You don't want to miss out on this tee, so go ahead and visit our good pals over at nextlevelapparel.com. Kirby? I could be sorry they did, are they? They will not be sorry they did. I love that. All right. So I want to thank you for having the courage to do this podcast with me today, Kirby. I think we see each other 14 times a week. <laughs> so thank you for a 15th. <laughs> Um, why don't you start us off with the topic today? I will, I will. So, um, I think I mentioned to you right before we started recording. So OPA board president, uh, Kyle McGovern, uh, came by my office, uh, yesterday as we're recording this and they, um, OPA, I'm uh, in the interest of transparency, a board member of OPA. Um, as of today, uh, we're announcing our plans going forward for 2020 in our events. Um, right. And the announcement, again, came out that um, we are still planning to do the golf outing. 
We've re, you know, we had a born in Ohio event scheduled uh, May 1st, but that's been moved to October 2nd to kick right. off promotional products work week. Right. Um, still planning doing the sales safari that you've At been Kalahari. That's correct. Very well. And then uh, still doing, uh, planning on doing the holiday uh, end user client showcase. I, I was, I'm excited um, that these events are still on the calendar. Um, obviously, Kyle talked uh, quite a bit about not only the excitement of doing it and uh, still having that, but also all the safety precautions that we're planning on taking. Right. I was pleasantly surprised at our board's willingness to kind of put it out there and go, yeah, we still want to keep things moving forward. I haven't heard from other regionals or other industry events. So I guess I have two questions for you on this, kind of okay. knowing a little bit about what we're planning on doing. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? And then what have you heard about other industry things that are going on? Well, I mean, I think any sort of uh, foresight and planning is good. So whatever you guys decide to do, I think is smart. Um, whether it's outright canceling things because you can't get the event space later in the year. Cause that's why a lot of these things do get canceled because the event space hasn't freed up yet or mm -hmm. it's already booked. <clears throat> so I think kind of making people, well, I'll, I think most people want certainty. So mm -hmm. I applaud OPA and the board for doing the best that they can mm -hmm. to give people certainty, right? <clears throat> Everybody kind of knew ASI was going to postpone ASI Chicago. Mm -hmm. We're all just waiting on the dates. We're all just waiting right. for the announcement. So I think when you do that, you kind of give everybody a, a chance to uh, breathe a sigh of relief uh, and then start making the plans to either, hopefully they can attend and they get the same, and you guys get the same uh, audience you, you would have had it been on the original dates. But at least people can make plans. So I always applaud any sort of organization, any sort of board for being decisive, right? Mm -hmm. The only thing worse than a bad decision is indecision. Right. And so I think that's huge. As far as other regionals having the same conversations you guys have had, right. which is, can we still have this event on this date at this venue? Yeah. And, and so much of it varies by state, right? Which states are opening up faster or which states, you know, and what is it? And here's the thing too. We don't know what the world looks like in a month. In a month, honestly, I, there's some optimism that things might be just about back to normal. But I think there's also a chance that there might be another spike and we're all sent home again. So I, I, it's hard to plan, but I think you, totally. have, to, you have to make some decisive decisions. So. Yeah, for, for me, I think where I landed on it was, A, I think many people, and, and I actually had this conversation with another supplier from Ohio this week. And, you know, he was like, I don't think people are going to go to, he was even saying expo. He's like, I don't know that they're going to. And what I said was, I think that people tend to fall into one of two lots. It's either, no, I'm staying home. I don't, I don't think that's going to be safe. Or I absolutely cannot wait to go. <laughs> like, and yeah. so I think for those people who are excited, that's one thing. <clears throat> and so I think people, there's a percentage of people who are hungry for an event like this and want to get it back. Right. And then right. the other thing for me, and, and we talked about this as a board, I think we have an opportunity to show not only the industry, but, but our clients, how to do an event like this in a post COVID world or a mm -hmm. COVID world um, safely. Yeah. Smartly. And so I think that's kind of the, the hope and, yeah. and the idea behind it. And so, so hopefully you said something I want to push back if, if I may. Yeah, sure. So um, you said the pretty much two types of people, the people who are like, 
not planning on doing anything, not going anywhere, going nothing mm-hmm. until this is all resolved. And then you have the group that are like, man, I can't wait to get out there and I'm absolutely going to go, man. I think you're, you're wrong. I think okay. there's, I think most people are right in the middle. Mm-hmm. That's where okay. I am. I'll wait and see. I don't know. I, I mean, I, yes. Am I planning on going to expo in, 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 the, in the January? I think so. I don't know what the world looks like. And so I, sure. I, I don't, I think that's where most people are. It's like, I can barely figure out what next week looks like. Don't ask me to decide to go to something today. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, I, I, I refuse to. Yes, of course I want to go, but I'm not going to like make a firm commitment and plunk down money to go. Mm. I see. I, again, I think I, I will, I will concede that there is that third group. I don't mm-hmm. think it's most people. I don't. I, I, I will tell you right now, like people mm-hmm. will say to me all the time, they're like, I can't imagine getting on a cruise ship or I can't imagine getting on an airplane. I can't yeah. wait. Well, <laughs> I, I, here's the thing. I, I can't but, wait either, but I'll wait and see. So to I me, it's, it's kind of a hybrid of, I'll wait and see. Look, here's the thing. I'll wait until see when I'm comfortable. Sure. So I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. Tennessee's open for business for the mm-hmm. most part. Mm-hmm. we still haven't gone out to a restaurant mm-hmm. Sandy's at a high risk because sure. of her heart issues totally but I'm itching to go I'm ready to go to a restaurant so yep. maybe we'll do that this weekend maybe we won't I don't know but it's a, to me it's like I, I am itching to get out there just like you are sure. I'm itching to get on a plane I'm itching to get in front of people I'm itching to see people but I'll wait and see and, and it's one of those things I can't tell you when that'll be when when either either the world tells me it's fine or I feel it's fine. That's when I'll go. Yeah, no. And that's fair. And I think that's back to the point of what you just made. You said, uh, so Ohio last Friday opened restaurants with outdoor seating. Right. And they my closed fam- streets and stuff. Did uh, they close any streets to expand outdoor seating? A lot of places are doing that. Yeah. Okay. Not, not so much, but okay. we were, my family were sitting on a patio eating out on Friday. And see, if, if Sandy, if I'll say this, if I, I look, I can't wait to get to a restaurant. Yeah, if yeah. Sandy didn't have the legacy of, of serious heart issues that she has, we would go, look, my kids are back working. Sure. Drew's back at the spy shop. Mitch has been at Chick-fil-A for a while working. So things are getting back there. I, I'm not, I am not one of these, man, no, you're never getting yeah. me on a plane. I'm just more of a, yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> Let's wait and see. I don't know. Like when I think of Expo, and Expo is a great thing. Of course, I plan on going, but man, that seems so, so far, far away yeah. right now. Now, uh, you know. So I, I, I think we're both saying the same thing, but differently. But even, yeah. even either way, you're you're wrong. So thanks for sharing <laughs> that. <clears throat> no, I'm kidding. No, that, I think you bring up some really. I think you bring up some really great points. I really do. And those are hard conversations to have. They're hard decisions to make because totally. you know you're going to disappoint a ton of people, and that always stinks, right? Yeah, that's always totally. the worst. Yeah. All right, so I don't know if you saw this on ASI. That's the Advertising Specialty Institute uh, website. They, uh, uh, Chris Rubo did a story um, on a Facebook and small business uh, roundtable survey. Did you see this? I didn't. Some really interesting to again, I have breaker words. I can't say Nanaimo or whatever that cookie is the other night. <laughs> and statistics. If I go too fast, it goes out statistics. <laughs> um, but they had some really interesting statistics um, that I thought we'd share. I don't know what discussion comes out of it, but I wanted to bring it up. Good. So they surveyed 86,000 people who either owned, managed, or worked at small to medium-sized businesses. So pretty, pretty good. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. 
is a Facebook small business roundtable survey. 31 of them, 31% of them, uh, as of May 18th, so that's just earlier this week, that's Monday this week, are not operating. So almost a third of them are not operating still. Hmm, okay. Small to medium-sized businesses. 52% of personal services are not operating. So that means people are self-employed, providing goods and services, things like that, okay? Only, here, here's, here's one that just stunned me. Only 45% of owners and managers say they would rehire the same workers when they reopen. Interesting. Let's pause and talk about that one for a second. Okay. Is that, is that because they're, to me, here's how I read it. When I see that statistic, here's how I read it. <clears throat> Either they're right-sizing the organization and they mm -hmm. found, because one of the, well, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. I mean, I, I've always thought that's a great saying. I think that's a Thomas Edison thing, right? Necessity is the mother of invention, whatever it sure, is. Sure, let's go with that. Sure. It's Abraham Lincoln. But this is caused, well, <laughs> I, think it was, I think it was Oscar the Grouch. Um, but this, is, this pandemic and the complete pause in, in the global economy has caused people to have to rethink things. Yes. And I think people have found efficiencies that they did not know they were there. So they may, there may be some redundancy. So maybe they're either right-sizing their organization. Hey, we don't need as many people to run this as efficiently as possible, which makes the company more profitable. And I think anybody can understand that, even though it sucks, people would lose their jobs. But in a grand scale, you understand that. Or the other part of it is, man, I did some shitty hiring and this is a good time to not reintroduce fix someone that. who's someone who's a mediocre, maybe someone who is a cancer uh, or whatever. So I just think that I thought that was very interesting. I thought that was a much higher or a much lower percentage than I thought. I thought a lot more would bring most of their people back, but only 45% said they would rehire people. There. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's both, right? Yeah. Like what you just said is exactly right. So uh, one of my good friends, um, has a business they when this all went down they furloughed and so they were um, yep. a small small business um they let everybody go but they, they kept operating um and it was just him and his wife right and they had they had 10 or 12 employees and so the, all of a sudden they were working a bajillion hours right. so number one i think they found some things within the process because all of a sudden they were doing it that were broken mm-hmm now they ultimately brought people back, but I think they they fixed some processes and um, the they realized how much they wanted them back because right. how much they were doing. But right. I think that it is a little bit of that. You're going to go, okay, this gives me an opportunity to not bring that person who's kind of a cancer to the organization back right. without feeling bad about it. And right. it also probably highlighted, oh, I don't miss them at all. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. so I think it is a little bit of that where you're like, A, we've discovered some efficiencies and B, this is giving me pause so that I can sort of restart my business the way I want to. Yeah. And in, as you said, certainly want people to get work back. But I think from a business perspective, that's just smart. Yeah, no, I do too. It's just, I, again, that number was slow. That, okay. A couple other things I want to share. share. Yep. The th uh, biggest challenge that small and medium sized businesses are facing according to the survey 28% said cash flow makes total sense, right? Yep. Um, 47 of small business owners and managers report feeling burned out from juggling their business life and their home life. Yes. I thought that percentage was low. Yes. To yeah. be honest with you, only yeah, 47%. Because one, one of the things that you and I have said is I feel like people f fall into a, one of two categories to a degree. 
during the last month and a half, people yeah. either have feel like they have nothing to do and they're bored. And then there's another percentage that are busier than they've ever been because they're trying to fill in for other places. Yeah, like I told you, hell, what day was it? A couple of days ago. I'm like, this is the busiest I have been in 15 years. I'm not sure I yeah. got anything accomplished, but, right. and so I think it's a, it's a weird thing where it's like, you're either bored to death or you can't keep up. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. And, and yeah. I, I, it's, it's, I, I'm surprised that number is low, but yeah, yeah like you, I agree. I'm busier than I, I have been. And, and uh, again, also not sure what, what I'm accomplishing sometimes. Yeah. Uh, 2% of the same uh, group said they spend between one to four hours a day on household care activities. And I think that's one of the things we keep forgetting about um, is school age children in a lot of the states who essentially mandated that you have to homeschool your children. A lot of these people have careers, single mothers, single parents, doesn't matter, mother, father, whatever. That's a lot. That's a lot to do. Um, so what are the last couple things? So, uh, well, I'll skip that. Um, but I think the survey really highlights and puts a, a real interesting flashlight on the challenges small, medium businesses face. Mm -hmm. And it got me to really thinking about how important it is for what PPAI does with LEAD, uh, the Legislative Education and Action Day, and all the work that Ann Stone does and Paul Bellantone to make sure that our, our industry, which is 94, five or 6%-ish small to medium-sized businesses, make sure those voices are heard. Mm -hmm. Because I think these are the, this is the group, when I, when I read this, I mean, a lot of the stats just kind of gobsmacked me, quite frankly. Yeah. This is the group that's economically impacted the most by this. And then that trickles down to the, the workers in those areas. So remind me, and the, the one yep. stat that popped off there, and again, you're looking at them, I'm not. So, I am. So I think you said 28% of small businesses said their number one concern was cash flow. Is that- Their biggest challenge is cash, cash flow. Yeah, but 28%? 28%, which I thought was low. Way low. I like that. That's of all the stats. I'm like, really? Only a well, quarter of them are struggling with cash flow. I thought the same thing because <laughs> I mean, you, we, you know, we were a week into this thing, and immediately people were being laid off. Yeah, that was like the you first know? reaction. <laughs> yeah. So I, I agree, but it really, ASI did a really nice job. Yeah, I'm sure kudos. it was a huge, huge report. They really condensed into a nice article. Like I said, Chris Rubo did that. Really good stuff. But again, I just. I, I'm not sure what there is to discuss there, but just wow. Yeah. Just no, wow. first of all, ASI and that whole team, Christopher, and that, they, they do Bell, really a yeah. nice job uh, on reporting things that matter to our industry. So yeah. kudos. I, I was actually texting Michelle Bell the other day and just saying, you know, her, her team over there, that editorial staff is really just doing a great job over there. Yeah. You know who else does a great job, Kirby? Who's that, Bill? Thank you for knowing to ask. That'd be your good pals over Turvis. Turvis. Now, last week we talked about the stainless steel line. One of I'm holding one right now yep. in that 360 degree UV printing. I don't want to talk about that today. In fact, I refuse to talk about that today. <laughs> I don't care what this piece of paper says. I am not talking about the classic tumbler today. Oh, okay. yes, I am. I'm talking about the classic tumbler today. I'm joking. <laughs> you know, Turvis has been around since 1946, starting with that classic line. We all know that classic sleek style, the original double wall insulated tumbler. I'm sure you've got one near you. I've got them all over the place here, not, not sure. within arm's reach. But it's the, <coughs> excuse me, mm -hmm. it's that original double wall ink drinker, keeps those cold drinks Oh, so cold and reduces condensation. And it's made for, it's backed by that made for life guarantee. It's available in several sizes, including wine glass, stemmed and stemless. 
10-ounce wavy, 16-ounce mug, 16-ounce and 24-ounce tumblers, 24-ounce water bottle, and, of course, that sippy cup. We all love a sippy cup. Made from Triton plastic, it's BPA-free, made in America, lifetime warranty, dishwasher-safe, Kirby? Of course. Is it microwave-safe? I believe so. Damn right it is. <laughs> so if you want to learn more, head over to turfuspromos.com. Kirby, what's the next topic? This one uh, popped off to me. It's not industry related, but since we are a podcast, as it were, I don't know if you saw this, but Joe Rogan signed a deal with Spotify, which a hundred million dollar deal. Wow. Well, they will be, they will have exclusive rights to the Joe Rogan podcast, not only with the podcasting, but also video. So Spotify will be playing with video as well. And uh, essentially, they've made a half a billion dollar bet on podcasting. I, yeah. th- when, when the, the hundred million dollars was thrown around, I, I immediately thought of Howard Stern and mm-hmm. the transition from radio to Sirius. Yeah, that's what I like. Yeah. I, I feel like this is, again, we, we know that podcasting is becoming huge and, and more and more. And I think during this quarantine time, it's become more and more obvious. Is this like the, like, does this surprise you, I guess? Is it that kind of number that Spotify's jumping in this hard? No, honestly, it, it doesn't. And I'll tell you why. Uh, what podcasts have been around, let's call it about a decade now, I'd say about 10 years-ish. That's not about right. That sounds about right to me. Okay. Maybe maybe a little more than that. But I mean, it, we're, we're now entering kind of that, that, uh, land, that land grab. Yeah. Right. Cause Agreed. you've got, you've got Apple podcasts, you've got Spotify, you've got Stitcher and you've got Google play. And I think there's a couple other, iHeartRadio has a podcast mm-hmm. and all that podcast uh, network. <clears throat> I think it's going to be like the streaming services you already see. Uh, yeah. You know, I can only get Seinfeld on this streaming service. I can only watch Mad Men on Netflix until June 10th or whatever. And you're going to see those deals come up. And so, you know, you're, you have your tier one people. Mark Marin has, has a podcast. I know it was extraordinarily popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe, Joe Rogan. And then you get your, your probably second tier guys, your Adam Carolls, who really, if you look at the history yeah. of podcasting, and I'm a huge Adam Carolla fan, he's actually the guy that really, yeah. he really was the first guy to monetize it. Mm-hmm. He, 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 he was actually the replacement for Howard Stern. When Howard left, he kept that job for, I think, 10 years in, in the L.A. Well, it started off regionally, and then it was the L.A. area. And lost a job, as a lot of terrestrial radio folks have, and started his own podcast network. And he's the first guy I am aware of that monetized it. And for the longest time, he had the most popular podcast uh, on, on the planet. And so I'm not surprised by this. I think what's going to happen, though, is the same thing that's going, that I think is happening with streaming services. It's getting really frustrating for me as a consumer to know where to find what I want to watch. And I'm getting really tired of hearing about this great show. Oh, it's on Apple TV. Well, I guess it's only $4.95 a month and I really kind of want to watch that. And then I, I subscribe to it and it gets to a point where it's just, I've got so many options. It's overwhelming. I, I don't know how many streaming services you have, but this happens in my house where one of us will try to find something to watch and the choices are so damn overwhelming. We spend an hour trying to find something to watch and say, screw it. I'll watch chopped. <laughs> the big so, bang theory. <laughs> yeah. I'm not surprised. Never seen that show ever. Not once. I know people are going to yell at me now. I always do. Um, 
but I think I think it's good uh, for certainly for Joe Rogan. Good, good for him. I mean, you're getting yeah. that kind of money. Um, but I think it's it's going to. I think you're going to see it accelerate, and then I think you're going to see it splinter out just like it did in streaming services. Yeah, no, it's to me, it's it was just an interesting story where you just go, okay, once you start yeah. seeing, I feel like you and I have been talking about, hey, the opportunity for the attention land grab. We've been talking about that for a while, but when oh, you yeah. see a deal like that signed. I yeah. think that gets the attention of other, like I, I'm reading the article and they're like, can oh, you yeah. believe it? And I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no, it's, yeah. It it's, legitimizes it in the eyes of a more traditional audience. And so, well, absolutely. So. I remember when Carollo used to go on Howard Stern, he's like, you know, he powered make fun of podcasting. And I, my guess is he probably still does. It's like, oh, it's like a hobby. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're making a hundred million dollars, it ceases becoming a hobby at that point now, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it sure does. All cool, right, man. I'm going to ask you this. Um, I'm going to lighten it up a little bit. I've got other topics that I don't really want to talk about them, so I'm not going to. So I don't know. Um, so one of the things that we as a society are longing for right now, a lot of people anyway, are sports, right? Yeah. And so sports are starting to try to figure out ways to open up. Baseball is in negotiation with the Players Association. How can they do that? I'm not going to get into that mess. That's, just, that's why I hate baseball. I used to love <laughs> baseball, but now I hate it because it's just weird. But anyway – so NASCAR, I don't know if you saw this last weekend, actually had a race. Mm-hmm. Um, they they held a race. No one in the stands. Right. And I know you're a sports fan. Mm-hmm. I know you enjoy basketball. I know you enjoy football. Certainly, when you see these sports opening back up, and and it makes sense for right now not to have people in the stands. Yep. Is that going to a couple things? Two questions. Is that going to impact the performance of the athletes? Okay does it completely negate the home field advantage? Hmm. Hmm. That's okay. The second question is interesting because it, it, so. Why don't we focus on that? It's not going to affect the athletes. Does it? Well, Mike, except that it's the same question. Well, it's kind of the same question. Yeah. So let's, let's use this as an example. The Cowboys, let's say go to the Seattle Seahawks at CenturyLink field. Is that CenturyLink field? I think so. Uh, On the third Sunday of the season but there's no fans in the stand. Historically, that's one of the loudest places in the NFL to play. And you get a lot of people being drawn off sides because of the sound that may not happen. Now, does that negate, does that really put everybody on a level playing field actually? Yeah. So, so it was funny because it changed my answer based on the question you asked, because my initial reaction was no, it doesn't affect the players. Yeah. It, you know, they're keeping score. They're going to play right. hard. And then you said, does it take away the home field advantage? And I went, right. shit, that changes my answer. Yeah. Um, it, it could, because clearly it does change uh, that. Now I will say, I think just for the record, they should play them. And, the, and if I'm an athlete, fans, no fans, I'm playing. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I think it does actually change the game to some extent because of what you just said, there is a home field advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's interesting. I had not thought of it that way, but I will say my initial reaction is, dude, I just want to play, yeah. watch them play. And 99.999% of these games I'm watching on TV anyway. <laughs> so yeah. let, let's, let's well, just get them out there when Fox it's already, safe. Yeah. And Fox has already kind of said, we are going to put virtual fans in the stands for football games. They've said that they will do that and that they would pipe in crowd noise. And I I got to thinking, okay, what if they employed someone at every stadium 
to basically have a crowd noise button. It's a little louder when the home team's on defense, a little, a little quieter when the home team's on offense. And I just started thinking, gosh, this gets really weird and, and goofy. But Well, again, I, I think, then all I think, of a sudden you are you're manipulating it. Well, like, probably it, already is anyway. Yeah, but I don't, I don't care I don't for know. that. But I, I will the say idea this. of it will change games. You're right about that. I will say this. I do want them to pipe in crowd noise for football games. I d- that would just seem weird to have it that quiet. I, I don't know. That just seems really weird to me. Yeah. No, and, and I, actually, I get it, but then I, I just want to watch them play. How about two broadcasts, a simultaneous broadcast, one with the fake fans and, and fake crowd noise and one without, and let the people decide. That would be interesting. I'd well, like to see that or, or flip every other quarter. Let me ask you a question. Do you you like, may ask any question you'd like. Do you like sitcoms or, or TV shows now with fake laughter or without? <laughs> I hate them. I, I like it when there's not the, like the laugh track actually bugs me now. I, you used I will to not, laugh though. when yeah, I know, but I, will I used laugh to like it too. <laughs> used to, used to, I used to like it because it would tell me when I needed to laugh. Right, right. So, <laughs> but you okay. watch those old Mash reruns, and it's like uh, there's no studio audience. So. <laughs> all, all right, right Kirby. Man. I think we, uh, I think we've said it all. Maybe yep. it's too much. Perhaps too much. Why don't we head off to the wild land of the promo person of the week? It's my week this week. Whoop, whoop. Dedicated to highlight that one person in the promo industry that is making us take notice. And I have one that has been long overlooked, in my opinion. Okay. Joe Haley from ASI. And Ooh, I will nice. tell you why Joe Haley. Joe uh, has produced the Joe Show mm-hmm. uh, on ASI, showing products for at least... I don't know, I'd say five, six years, probably longer than that. He's been with ASI a long time. Does such a great job. And Joe has, and we use the word pivot a lot, but that, you know, he's, he's shifted. I'll try to use a different word. He shifted and he's working from home. He's in a state that's pretty close down in Pennsylvania. And he's doing the Joe show from home. And he's doing such a great job with it. And I just love the fact seeing someone who, um, you know, probably uncomfortable doing that from his house. I know mm-hmm. I would be, um, but has done such a fantastic job. I'm really, I, I watch every one of them. Now for me, it's must watch content. Yeah. Um, and I think Joe's done such a great job with that. And he's always been such an advocate for the industry. He's always, you know, we're, we're competitors on some level. He is always very kind to reach out when he likes something we're doing. And I always appreciate that. Yeah. I actually, the thing that, pops to mind for me with Joe is something that you and I value a ton, which is consistency. Yes. That guy keeps coming and coming mm-hmm. and coming. I mean, to the point where, and you know, I, I'm, I'm struggling. I can't remember the book, but I was reading a book, a business mm-hmm. book, and they mentioned Joe in mm-hmm. the book. Like they were, they were talking about how he created content specifically for the industry and how right. he had done so many episodes. And as, as you and I who value the power of consistency, he is yeah. kind of the king of it. And so, yeah, I think that's a great, great promo person. Yeah, no, that's great. So Joe, when we can see you, we will give you high fives, virtual ones for now. Okay, Kirby, it is dealer's choice. You have it this week. How right. are you going to mock me? I'm not going to mock you at all. That's I mean that. I mean That's that. unfortunate. Okay, so we kind of started this where we took unintentionally we started talking about whether or not you'd want to go to dinner or where you want to yep. travel. So one of the things that's yep. been on my mind is as we've been kind of pent up is I can't wait to mm-hmm. to go on vacation. Right. Right. I can't wait to kind of get out of my own zip code so I can go someplace. And so right. I want to ask you a rapid mm-hmm. fire 
post-COVID okay. vacation spots. All right, let's do it, Kirby. All are right. there any wrong answers? No wrong answers, right? Uh, probably there are some wrong answers. I but let's that. let's give it a run here. Ready? Let's go. Key West or Miami? Uh, I'm going to go Key West. Okay. A cruise or a train across the country? That's a good one. Um, I'm going to go train, although I did enjoy the cruise far more than I thought I would. But I, there's something romantic about train travel that I'd absolutely just love. Yeah, that sounds interesting. This is a weird one for you, but bear with me. Austin or Nashville? Nashville. Okay. It's uh, going live music there. Um, yep. Salt Lake City or Seattle? Oh, Salt Lake City. Um, I know a lot of people love Seattle. I, I've, it's not one of my favorite towns. Yep. Boston or New York? Oh, New York for days. <laughs> I had a feeling you'd say that. San Diego or San Francisco? San Francisco for days. Okay. Emerald Isle, North Carolina, or Virginia mm -hmm. Beach? Let's go Virginia Beach. Okay. Final one, New Orleans or Vegas? Oh, uh, New Orleans. I, I've, as I like to say, I've spent a measurable portion of my life in Las Vegas. And I, don't, <laughs> I don't hate the city, but I think I've seen just about all there is to see. And uh, I always leave Vegas more exhausted than when I got there. And I don't feel that way in New Orleans. I, New Orleans is a, lot, a little slower. I'm a Southern boy. I like those Southern cities. Yeah. So that I, I was actually figuring I'd get a neither from you on that one. But okay, no. cool. All I, right. They, well both, done, man. They're, they're both just as dirty as the other one. So <laughs> Absolutely agree with that. <laughs> but you know what, what can get dirty, but can always get clean, Kirby? What's that? That'd be at 1800 Unisex Ideal Heavyweight Tea. It is washing machine safe. And it is the next level. Get that from next level apparel. It is the next level in t-shirt. They've created that tubular tee that offers an elevated fit made of that soft, soft fabric and everyday function inspired by streetwear, skatewear, surfwear, and of course, workwear. So it is the new benchmark in the t-shirt category. You don't want to miss out on it. It's the 1800 unisex ideal heavyweight tee. Visit nextlevelapparel.com. You're not going to be sorry you did. Kirby, I hope you have a great day. Thanks for doing this podcast and we will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry.